You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode 91. Belief is the most important thing. You have to believe first because you're not going to do it. You're not going to do any deals if you don't believe it can be done. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hello, Rhino Nation. My name is Brent Daniels, and it is my pleasure to bring you another Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Now, today, we are going to drop knowledge bombs on everybody's head. I have an extremely exciting guest with me today. Please say hello to Rhino Nation, Tim Singal. Hello, Rhino Nation. <laughs> All right, Tim. I'm excited, to, I'm excited to be on here. Excellent. Well, it is our responsibility today to examine a deal that you have done recently and bring as much value uh, to our listeners as possible. Fair enough? Absolutely. I would be glad to help, you know, just answer any questions that you have. Awesome, Tim. This is exciting. So uh, why don't you first tell us what markets do you work in? Where do you live? Kind of give us a little bit of background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am in the Washington, D.C. area, and um, I've done deals in uh, Baltimore, which is about 30 to 40 minutes away from where I live. I've done deals in um, D.C. I've done deals in Northern Virginia, which is also part of the Washington metro area. Uh, I actually got started in real estate back in 2001, and you know when I was in my, uh, I think I was in my mid 20s. I'm getting old, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you know from 2001 until 2000 until 2006, um, I did quite a lot of deals. I did a little bit of everything. I did rehabs. Uh, I did a handful of wholesale deals. Lease options and options, subject twos, uh, even did a few short sales, which I never liked. And then um, around 2006, I completely lost focus. And I was just hanging out with the wrong people and did all the wrong things and just completely lost uh, focus. Uh, just really didn't, you know, didn't really do anything uh, as far as real estate is concerned. Probably until 2014 or 15, I would say, uh, when I, um, you know, discovered the tribe when I heard Tom Kroll. I think it was not Facebook Live. It was, uh, what's the other website? I don't remember what it's called, but, you know, he used to ring his bell. And uh, that- <laughs> Like a Periscope? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That was a couple of years ago. Now it's all about Facebook Live. So anyway, I saw him on Periscope. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied, tongue-tied here. I actually saw him on Periscope and, uh, and just kind of got, you know, excited about the business, but I still- didn't even know where to start. You know, I was, I had a job and didn't have any money. I was, you know, I was pretty much caught up in the nine to five rut. And uh, I just kind of knew that I had to get back into real estate, you know, decided to just decided to pull the trigger and join the tribe. And uh, since then I haven't looked back. I mean, it was, you know, the first uh, three, four months, it was kind of rough, you know, trying to just figure out, you know, what, what needs to be done. Didn't have, you know, a lot of money for marketing. Um, but you know, I pretty much did what, what Tom said and did the marketing and got my first deal, got my second deal. And, uh, you know, 
had a dry spell for about four or five months, but then did another deal and another deal. And, and now um, everything's going really, really well. I mean, it's the market's heating up and uh, the profits are getting bigger on the deal. So I'm just forever grateful, you know, for, for being part of the tribe. Excellent. I love it. So Tim, break it down a little bit. So what, what type of marketing do you do now? Are you, are you finding that it sounds like you're finding more consistency in your business right now? Kind of, kind of give me a breakdown of what your marketing looks like. Okay. Well, you know, I do, I do direct mail. I do uh, cold calling. Uh, I also use bandit signs and, uh, I've never really, you know, I haven't really focused much on Facebook and, uh, uh, PPC and online marketing that much, but my primary three methods are bandit signs, bandit signs, uh, and like I said, direct mail and and uh, cold calling. Cold calling. Okay, great. Let's uh, because I am the cold calling guy. Let's let's focus on that a little bit because that <laughs> okay. that's what gets me excited. That's what gets my blood pumping. That that's what gets right. you know my the the dopamine flowing in my brain. You well, know what I mean? Uh, same here, brother. I get totally excited when I think about it. I mean, I've I've been able to do some pretty pretty good deals as a result of cold calling, and um, and this all started when I when I when I reached out to you probably I don't know maybe three to four months ago uh, when I found out what you were doing, and uh, and you know I mean how many times I called you and I you were just gracious <laughs> enough to pick the phone up and and answer my calls and help me out, and and I even went to Phoenix and and you know saw your operation um, in Phoenix and. It was just mind blowing to find out what you were doing, and uh, uh, frankly, I, I just don't think I could have succeeded in the cold call game if I if I didn't know you. So I'm forever. So because of the tribe, I got to know you know you, and and you know I haven't looked back since. Well, listen, you definitely had the hard part, which is actually getting on the phone and talking to people. You know, we have a philosophy in the tribe called TTP, which is talk to people. And I'm telling you, all the listeners out there, Tim has taken that and he has ran with it. And he's got some really, really unique kind of strategies that he uses to be able to talk to new and motivated sellers every single day, every single week. So, Tim, let's let's just let's strip everything back. Let's not talk talking generalities. Let's talk very specific. Let's talk about a specific deal that you have done from a cold call. Kind of walk me through it. Let's start all the way from the start. So uh, tell me what list would you have called uh, this specific lead on? So this was a lead uh, that we got from the equity list. Okay. And uh, when I say equity list, I'm referring to uh, homeowners that have uh, 50% or more equity in their homes. There's uh, several websites where you can get the list from. I got my list from a website called List Source. Okay. I've got somebody that actually uh, makes the phones call, phone calls on behalf of my company. So she made a phone call to this person and um, basically just sent me a message on Skype right away that, hey, you know, this, this sounds like a good one. So, of course, you know, I, I called her right back. I called the homeowner right back and we played a little bit of phone tag. But anyway, finally set up a time to go meet her, which was. Probably about three to four weeks after we first talked on the phone because she blew me off a couple of times. I was supposed to meet her and then she would just, you know, send me a text message and say, hey, I can't meet you. So she blew me off a couple of times. But I by, stuck by with the it. way, I, Tim, that happens to us all the time, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. People and you have just to, disappear for a little bit. Right. Exactly. And persistence is the name of the game. I mean, in this business, you have to be very persistent. And, and, and keep calling and not give up. So 
Um, so I finally got a chance to meet her, and she was late. <laughs> so I got there. <laughs> I got there uh, at a certain time, and the person who I actually saw there was her ex-husband, who was uh, completely drunk when I got there in the middle of the afternoon. Oh my gosh! And and pretty much just gave me a, a dirty look and told me that the house is not for sale, and he has. And he, he was like, I don't know what you're doing here because this house is not for sale. So and keep in mind that I had not talked to him at all. I was communicating with the ex-wife whose property this was, and he had the keys somehow. So she must have communicated with him. So but he still let me in. I looked at the house. Um, you know, at this point, I, pr- I can pretty much know in five minutes how much work the property needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't take a sheet of paper with me and line by line you know, write down. Oh, you know, it needs a roof. It needs new windows. I mean, you know, when you're a wholesaler and you've wholesaled quite a few houses, you literally know in five minutes how much work the property needs. You get so, a feel for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can be a little bit off, and it's not—it's not a problem. You know, it's so that's that's how I feel about that. So anyway, uh, she uh, so she finally shows up about 15, 20 minutes after I got there, and uh, and then you know by that time I had already looked at the property, so didn't really spend a lot of time with her. Just, you know, she's like, okay, so you looked at the property and, you know, what's your offer? Right. And I and I felt like it was a good idea to not give her the offer right there because the ex-husband was already there. And I, I felt like he was going to get in the way and, and just make things difficult. And uh, the reason he did not, you know, want her to sell the property is because uh, over the years he had been demolishing the property a little by little. He's, he was a contractor on the side. He did some contracting work on the side. So I told her, I said, let me just work. Even though I knew what I wanted to offer, I told her, let me just, you know, uh, go back to the home office and work the numbers. And I'll give her a call. So anyway, uh, I gave her a call. I, I came to the office, gave her a call uh, the next day, and I told her what I could offer. And uh, she said, okay, let's do it <laughs> right away. So what was her motivation? Well, she had a mortgage on the property mm-hmm. for, I think the balance of the mortgage was about, Forty-five or forty-six thousand dollars. The house was the house had been vacant for about five or six years, and she was making payments on on a vacant house. And then, um, and then she had to deal with her ex-husband, who she who she did not want to deal with because of this property, because of his involvement and some work that he had done in that property. So she just wanted to just sell the property, be done with the ex-husband, and just just move on. So got it. Um, yep. Got yeah. It. And then and, and she tried to negotiate a little bit on the phone. You know, when I when I I think I offered I offered her sixty five sixty five thousand and the, the ARV, the after repair value of this property was two twenty five. Oh, my goodness. But oh, but, the, but you know, but it, but the house needed about 60, I would say about sixty five grand worth of work. Sure. So it needed work. So that's why, you know, the the offer was justified. So I offered her 65. She said, well, can you do 70? I said, sorry, can't do 70. Uh, so she said, okay, let's do it. So we met at, uh, we met at Boston Market, my office. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I've got several offices. Uh, McDonald's is one of them. Yeah, Boston Market sure. Is one Just of them. running around. Sure. Uh, you know, I think Taco Bell might be my future office. Depending. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and then signed the paperwork and we locked up the deal literally uh, five minutes after we inked the deal um, and I and we shook hands and I left. Uh, this woman just started calling me <laughs> like, like, you know, like, 
oh my God, like what's the attorney's name and what's the attorney's phone number that's going to do, do the settlement. I just want to make sure that I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting swindled and all this. Sure, you know, she was sure. just, she was just one of those people that just worried a lot. Sometimes, so, they, sometimes they get yeah. a little uncertain after they make the choice to sign the contract. Absolutely. And then in her case, it was five minutes after I signed the contract. <laughs> so I, so I assured her, like, look, everything's fine. I gave her the, the title company's name and number that we use. And, and she definitely called the attorney to make sure I was who I was, who I said I was. So, you know, of course, I dodged that bullet. And so, you know, and then um, as I'm getting ready to, you know, send the property out to my buyers, um, she calls me that same night when she signed the contract. And she tells me, uh, Tim, um, I don't think we can do this. Uh-oh. <laughs> What happened? So, of course, my heart just sank. I was like, oh, my God. And uh, so her reasoning was that uh, her her ex-husband, of course, you know, you know, you know, you knew I was going to say that. So her mm-hmm. ex-husband, mm-hmm. he was just really upset. And he, he told her that he had a buddy who could pay her more. And and she basically wanted to back out. And um, so I, I said, look, you know, let's let's move forward. And, and you know, um, I want to make this happen and I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. So let's you know, we have the paperwork, you know, we ratified the paperwork. So let's move forward. Let's make it happen. So she kept kind of stringing me along. She's like, OK, well, give me five days. I'll let you know. So the five days would come and we would talk on the phone and then she would ask for five more days, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yep. To let me know for sure. So I was just. I was kind of uh, pretty frustrated and pretty had a lot of anxiety over the deal. So anyway, then I finally called her and then she said, well, Tim, I think I want to cancel my contract. I've actually got somebody who's willing to pay me 70K for the deal. So then that's when I pretty much told her, I said, look, we have a legally binding contract. And by the way, Brent, I don't mm-hmm. like to do this. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're in, sure. this business to, we're in this business to to make life easier for sellers. We want to help them out. But in this case, I felt like I had to do that because she literally was trying to sell the property to somebody else for more. So I felt like that was unfair because that's why we have paperwork. That's why we have contracts. Absolutely. You know, so I I said, look, Veronica, you know, we got to move forward. We have a contract on this in the state of Maryland. Like when you sign a piece of paper, that means you shake hands and you're moving forward. Right. And now you're trying to breach the contract. So. And I told her, I said, look, I'll have I'll do whatever I have to do to protect my interest in this deal. I don't want to. I mean, I want to shake hands and I want to move forward. But, you know, if it comes to that, then I'll have to do whatever I have to do. Mm-hmm. And, then, mm-hmm. and then, of course, she, she got a little huffy and puffy on the phone. And uh, to make a long story short, we I decided to up my offer, give her the same price that the other. Match the uh, price. Uh, OK. Match the price. Mm-hmm. I said, look, I'll, you know. I don't want you to feel bad about the transaction. So here, let's go ahead and redo the contract and I'll give you, I'll up the price. So she, she was fine with that, but I had a, I was smart enough to actually meet her in front of, in front of a notary this time and got everything notarized. Perfect. Because, because yep. I, I, there was just so much uncertainty about this deal. So I wanted to make sure I get everything notarized. I literally so, feel like I've been on a roller coaster with this whole deal with you. I mean, I can't even imagine yeah. what you have been, what, what you went through actually going through it because these, this, this happens, you know, this happens from time to time, not always, but it, it certainly does happen where, you know, sellers either get cold feet or somebody starts whispering and giving them, you know, the, what, what, what their buddy would offer them or some other buyers, some other buyer, uh, you know, reached out to them or they called on a postcard or some, somehow somebody, uh, you know, puts it in their mind that they can get more during the middle of the transaction. And I think that you handled it absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Well done. Well sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, third party influence can definitely kill deals. 
Oh, for uh, sure. Even, even, even though the third parties that they're communicating with, you know, might be friends or family, uh, you know, but sometimes they just get wrong and bad advice and, you know, and that prevents us from doing business with people. So anyway, I think she felt comfortable with me enough at this point because I stayed on top of it. I communicated with her, you know, every three, four days. Uh, and communication is very important, especially with a seller like this. You, you cannot just do a, con- you know, write up a deal, do a contract and then not not get in touch with them for 10, 12 days. I mean, you have to constantly, you know, just be in communication because it makes them feel comfortable about you. Like, hey, you're serious and you're, you're going to move forward. So I had to communicate with her a lot. Yeah, I think so she, I think yeah. absolutely every time we ever have issues when we're in the escrow period is from a lack of communication. So you hit it spot on. If you are communicating every couple few days, I mean, you don't have to do it. You don't have to go, you know, crazy with it, but something that, you know, you are in contact and you're you're going through the whole process and you're making sure everybody's on board, it is vital, absolutely vital to having a smooth transaction. So perfect point. Yeah, and I make it clear. Like anytime I, I do a contract with somebody, I make it clear with them. I make it clear to them that look, I'm going to be in communication with you every step of the way. I'll either send you text messages or give you a call at least once a week to let you know what's happening and where things are, and they kind of appreciate that. So, anyway, excellent. So, so what did you? So it it went through, and what did you sell for? What did you make on this? So I I actually I sent the property out for ninety two five, which was going to guarantee me a profit of of twenty two five. But uh, <laughs> when the on the inspection day, you know, it, it, it was like the the carnival had come to like that area. <laughs> oh I mean, was, yes, there were literally like yes. 20, 25 people that showed up, and uh, it got it got overbid. So I ended up I ended up uh, wholesaling the property for one hundred three five. Uh, which resulted in a profit of $33,500. Oh my gosh. Now I don't have the formal bell, but I've got the little diner bell here for you. <laughs> it is weak, I understand, and, it, and you deserve a lot more, but that is incredible. So what was the total? It was $33,500. Oh, from, from one phone call? From one phone call. From one and, cold call. Uh, one cold call, and I'm not going to go too much into this, but we have another one right now where it's going to be, you know, uh, it's it's going to be good. <laughs> so so here, I'm just going to leave it at that. Here is the amazing thing, Tim. People on a daily basis do not believe when I say that you are literally one conversation away from paying off your debts, from paying off your car, from you know, making as much in one phone call as you can in a whole year's salary. People just don't get it. Everybody out there listening, Tim is doing it right now. He just made 33500 on one phone call, and he's got another deal in the works that's going to make even more than that. I mean, it happens every single day. Those deals of a lifetime literally come around every single week, and, and I, I mean, yeah. Tim is living proof. Go for it. And sometimes you'll get them right away. I mean, sometimes it takes a lot of follow up and you got to keep calling him. And sometimes you'll just uh, hit a home run and you'll you'll talk to somebody on the phone and uh, the next you know, you're meeting them the next day and you lock the deal up. And it's literally that quick sometimes. And those are the good ones. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, Tim, yeah, just just kind of to to you know, kind of wind this thing down. If you could uh, give any advice to somebody new starting out in wholesaling, what would you give? The, what advice would that be? 
Well, of course, I think uh, you can always go online and read books and, you know, go on Facebook and learn whatever you can. But I think the fastest way to success is to get a coach. Uh, I mean, I, I got a coach. Uh, even though I'd been in the business for such a long time, I, ha I don't think I would have uh, started doing deals if I hadn't hired a coach. So get a coach, surround yourself with, with positive people, read a lot of books, listen to podcasts like this. Uh, because uh, getting a coach and doing all the things that I've mentioned, it, it basically makes you believe that it's, it's, you can do it. I mean, you know, I think belief, belief is the most important thing. You have to believe first because you're not going to do it. You're not going to do any deals if you don't believe it can be done. And uh, once you have the belief system, then, then you have to take action. I mean, you got to take mag massive action, uh, implement the marketing right away. And, uh, and it's going to happen. I mean, this market is, is hot. I mean, it's, it, this is a fantastic market to make a lot of money very fast. It, you know, it's it's right now it's feast, and <laughs> I mean that's how I feel. So absolutely, absolutely. Um, so just take advantage of that and get a coach and and surround yourself with the right people and and take massive action and um, you will get a deal. You absolutely will get a deal if you stick with it. I mean, it's the law of averages. Beautiful. Um, you know, yeah, exactly. Beautiful. And that was just perfect. And I really think uh, there was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot there. Everybody go back and re-listen to what Tim was saying, breaking down specifically what he went through. You're going to have some deals out there that do not go so smooth that you do have to be able to uh, work effectively and be able to have the strategies to um, get those closed. And you can, you can tell by the conversation that we just had with Tim that he was able to do that. And he got that deal from one phone call. It is incredible. Of course, he had a lot of follow-up after that, but the initial contact was one phone call. Thank you so much, Tim, for being on the podcast today. Hey, thank you. It was my pleasure. And, uh, you know, thank you for having me. Now, if you guys out there are interested in learning the absolute most exciting proactive technique or marketing channel to get and find motivated sellers, go to www.wholesalinginc forward slash TTP stands for talk to people. You will book a call there with me personally. We'll chat. If I like what you have to say, I'll invite you to join us in the TTP program. Thank you so much, Tim. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.